here we are. We're back. It's episode two already of the Incast Screenwriting Podcast. And as you can see from all my years that I have already, after one day, I've included a new thing to the Incast Screenwriting Podcast. Isn't that exciting? You don't even care. Episode two. What are we going to talk about today? Let's see. The Blacklist. We're going to talk about The Blacklist. So what is The Blacklist? Let's go over here and talk about that. Go. So this is The Blacklist. An annual survey of Hollywood executives' favorite unproduced screenplays. This is from their actual website. It was founded in 2005. Since then, more than 400 Blacklist scripts have been produced grossing over $26 billion in office in the box office worldwide. Blacklist movies have won 53 Academy Awards from 262 nominations, including 4 of the last 10 Best Pictures and 10 of the last 22 Best Screenplay Oscars. They now actually started out in 05, but now the website actually helps launch people's careers through the website, not only just being on the blacklist. Uh, to do that, you need to be like a monthly member or pay some kind of fee. I've never done that. That's just me. But this is about the actual blacklist. We're going to talk about the list of everyone's Hollywood executives' favorite unproduced screenplays of 2019. Now, for any audio listeners, you can't see what I'm doing, but I'm just going over the actual blacklist. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go through the entire thing, because it's 27 pages long, and it's all just log lines. The entire list is just log lines, and, you know, people who like them or not. This is what it says at the beginning of the the beginning of the actual list, which I downloaded on PDF. You can look it on a website. I downloaded it via PDF. The blacklist was compiled from the suggestions of over 250 film executives, each of whom contributed the names of up to 10 favorite scripts that were written in or are somehow uniquely associated with 2019 and will not have begun principal photography during this calendar year. This year's scripts had to receive at least six mentions to be included on the backlist. So, the, at the bottom before they begin, it says the blacklist is not a best of list. It is, at best, a most liked list. So that's a distinction they want to make. Okay, so, the very, very first one, meaning it's the most liked one, and... They designed the PDF in a way that the number with the most likes is in the background, but you can't see it very well. It's like a weird design, and it says 29, so that means this script got 29 likes. So it's the most popular one, and it's called Move On by Ken Kobayashi. Kobayashi, the same name from Usual Suspects. What's that about? So here's the log line. Teddy thinks he's the only person left in a world where humanity is frozen in time until his ex-girlfriend, Lena, shows up at his doorstep. Together, they must go on a journey to find the cause behind the freeze and in the process, confront the issues that plague their relationship before it's too late. So this is the number one like script. And that log line doesn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, I mean, obviously these people read the scripts, so they know what it's like, so this isn't the same, it's not going to be the same as just reading it, but you know, it's a high concept, I'd say, in a way. High concept is always hard to, to understand or even explain to people, but I don't know. 
it's just kind of like a sci-fi film with probably comedy added to it. It doesn't include the like genre. It just says the title, the logline, the agency it's with, and the agents. Stuff like that. But it has a financier, Sony, so I mean, I guess that means it's going to be made eventually. So that's the number one liked script from last year's 2019 Blacklist. So number two is 20. So that means the first one is 29. The next one is already nine likes less. It's called Field of View by Reese Clausen-Wolf and Julian Silver. Field of View is this title and the logline is as follows. A soldier forced to relive her worst day in combat begins to question her sanity when the VR simulation she's experienced doesn't match her memory of the mission gone wrong. Alright, so that's another fantastical type script. So, already you're already seeing a trend. There's always a trend every year on every blacklist of certain types of scripts that just seem to be popular. So already two log lines in, we're seeing kind of a trend of of a fantastical type world, grounded in and but not in like in a not in a fantasy like setting. They, they just they don't explain the world they're in but to me this field of view sounds kind of a bit like uh jesus what the hell was that tom cruise movie that i really liked i have it right here edge of tomorrow <laughs> it's like edge of tomorrow meets source code in a way so this one doesn't have any financiers or agents yet, so... Because some of these are people that aren't even repped, I think. They're just, like... Repped or not, they're scripts that people liked. So this shows you that you can get scripts out there, whether you have an agent or not. That's the second most liked script. Next one is 19... 19 likes, and it's called Don't Worry Darling... A psychological thriller about a 1950s housewife whose reality begins to crack, revealing a disturbing truth underneath. See, that's the logline, and that's a shit logline. That logline tells us nothing. Again, these aren't based on the loglines, thank God, because this logline is so vague. A psychological thriller, first off, who even says the genre in the logline? Nobody. About a 1950s housewife whose reality begins to crack. Revealing a disturbing truth. What disturbing truth? That's so vague. See, a lot of lines like that shouldn't even shouldn't even like help sell a script because it doesn't tell you enough. This is called "Don't Worry, Darling," written by Carrie Van Dyke and Shane Van Dyke. That is the third most liked script on this list. Here is the fourth most liked script at number four sixteen. It's called "Jakeda," written by Lillian. You. When a talented hacker is recruited by the mysterious Jakeda 331, she gets wrapped up in a plot that threatens to destroy the entire world, based on the real organization. Just sounds like Mr. Robot to me. And if anyone hasn't seen that show, you're missing out on one of the best shows that's come out in the past five years. Absolutely amazing. And this just sounds kind of like that. Based on the real organization, so Chikeda 331-3301 is a real organization, I guess? I don't know. So as you can see, another thing that's noticing is that technology is kind of a part. Like one over here, the field of view one was about VR simulation. Now this one's about hacking, which is weird because, you know, hacking isn't anything new. Of course, you all remember that classic film, Hackers. From the 90s with Angelina Jolie and Patrick Stewart. You guys remember that film? Nope. Neither did I. Let's see. So that's number four. I don't know if I'm going to go the entire list or not. It could be take a while. So what's next? The most... The next one is also 16 likes. Called The Traveler by Austin Everett. See, here we go. Another futuristic... Like fantastical type film again, so easy you can clearly see a trend here. 
A man jumps forward in time at the same time every morning. As the length of time increases for every jump, he struggles to keep his family together and find a cure. All as, all as his secrets spread throughout the world. Based on a novel by Joseph Eckert. Okay, so another futuristic, or not futuristic, but fantastical sci-fi. So, you know, sci-fi is a thing that is popular again. This year, next year, it could be something else. Like, I remember reading previous year's lists and biopics were all over the place. And then another year, it was zombie films again. Even though zombie films have been kind of not the thing for a while. So that's the traveler. Okay, so what next? At 16 likes, another 16 like one. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent by Kevin Etten and Tom Gormican. Yeah, so I gotta say people's names too, and I might butcher them, but whatever. And this one sounds funny because it has a good log line, and you'll hear why. Actor Nicolas Cage, spiraling and trapped in debt, makes an appearance at the birthday of a Mexican billionaire. While there, he learns that the billionaire runs a drug cartel and the CIA recruits Cage for intelligence. Okay, that's that's funny, but now that I hear it, it reminds me of that show with Jean-Claude Van Tam that just was out a couple years ago. It was almost like a Jean-Claude Van something. It was weird because it was him playing himself, but his name wasn't Jean-Claude Van Damme. It was like something else. But he played like a CIA agent or an undercover agent that would act in films. And while he was acting on the film, the film would be a cover for him to be doing stuff. So it sounds kind of like that. It was, I think it was called Van Damme, Jean-Claude Van Johnson or something like that. It was interesting. It, was a little, it wasn't all that funny. I was, I was hoping it would be way funnier. Alright, so I'm on page 5 now. Again, this might take a while if I go through every single one. I don't know. Maybe this will be part 1. Uh, the next one, at 15 likes, Rumors, is called by Tyler Austin and Patrick E.M.E. I don't know, Emmy maybe? 19, in 1970s L.A., Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham, two struggling musicians and lovers, join a band called Fleetwood Mac and are thrown into a whirlwind of worldwide fame, infamous drug addiction, and one of the best-selling albums of all time. Which also happens to be about the disintegration of their relationship. Alright, so this is another biopic, you know, with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody being such a big deal a couple years ago. Well, 2018, so now people are going to want to do music biopics again. And they're like, they did Queen, so let's do Stevie Nicks. I mean, let's do uh, Fleetwood Max this time. After that, it'll be someone else, like the Rolling Stones or whatever. Okay, next on the list with 14 likes, A Magical Place Called Glendale by Sarah Mung. To revamp her self-image, an arrogant but well-meaning high school socialite decides to help a former friend land the guy of their dreams, but in the process, realizes she wants her for herself. Yeah, so, that doesn't sound all that original. That just sounds like, you know, a comedy from the 90s. But instead of, you know, the girl end up liking the guy, the girl ends up liking the girl. And that's about it. It's like she's all that. But instead of it's being a girl guy, it's girl girl. Whoop de doo. Not a real big deal. Let's see, number f next on the list, 14 likes as well, shut in by Melanie Toast. Interesting name. A single mother is held captive by her violent ex and her two young children are left at risk. She must do everything to protect them and survive. Okay. Sounds sounds, you know, pretty simple. I like simple A to B stories. It's a simple story. We know the entire thing. A single mother is held by her ex and she has to get out. Though the fact that it's called shut in, to me it doesn't make sense. Shut ins are people that like choose to be like stay inside. This woman is being forced to stay inside. I don't know. Reminds me a little bit like room, but Similar in a way, but not. 
Next on the list was 13 Likes, The Broker by Justin Piasecki. A fixer who brokers off-the-books exchanges for powerful corporate clients finds himself being hunted after he's hired to protect a whistleblower and the evidence she's uncovered. So, seems like a pretty basic story. Simple A to B story again. Probably grounded in contemporary world or regular world. So this one just kind of feels like a simple like good guy versus bad guy story you know nothing really blowing my mind not that I'm looking to be blown my mind blown pod that's interesting because I have an idea for a script called pod as well but what's this one about pod by Nabil uh, Nabil Chowdhury after a mission to destroy a black hole that endangers mankind goes wrong, an astronaut awakens in her escape pod to find that decades have passed seemingly in a moment. Now, with an old body and fragile mind, she battles against the elements of space and time to complete her mission. See another sci-fi film in the space, because I feel like space films are lately been getting kind of popular again with like Ad Astra recently with Brad Pitt and then Travelers a couple years ago with was it Travelers? Passengers, no Passengers with Jennifer Lawrence and what's his face? Chris, what's his face? And Life, another movie that came out which I didn't really like much with, with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds, that movie was didn't do much for me but and then Gravity, of course. I actually really like Gravity. I thought Gravity was amazing. This kind of reminds me a bit of Gravity. Mainly because it's based with a female astronaut. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, this is a solid idea. I mean, it reminds me of Aliens and how Ripley was floating along in the world for 50-something years and didn't even know. Although in this version, she ages, so I don't know. But that's a solid idea. I like that one. So that has 13 likes. And this one also has, the next one has 13 likes as well. It's called Wayward by Andrew Zilch. Bad last name. Really bad last name. No offense. The wife of a megachurch pastor seeks atonement after she and her lover kill an attacker in self-defense. But don't report it out of fear of exposing the affair. Like that, I like that too because it's a very simple... You know, real world conflict. Two people are just having an affair and they end up killing someone by accident. I mean, that kind of sounds like a plot of a TV show, but you know, I could definitely see that being turned into like maybe one one season of a show, like a 10 episode season, maybe. So that has 13 likes. Next on the list with 12 likes, Grandma Wants to Die by Patrick Cadigan. When Ben is left footing the bill for his own wedding just weeks before the big day, he's forced to make a deal with his estranged grandmother, Minnie. She'll give him the money if he signs the papers for her assisted suicide. Ben gladly agrees, only to unearth Minnie's final agenda before she departs. Destroy the wedding from inside and seemingly ruin Ben's life. So, it's a comedy, but, you know, not really dry doing anything exciting. I mean, I guess it's okay. Yeah, I don't know. That one doesn't do much for me. And the log line is so long. I, I hate log log lines. Long log lines. I would never write a long log line, personally. Mine are always one sentence, and that's it. If I can't get it out in one sentence, then I'm doing it wrong. That's just what I think. All right, number twelve. I mean, I mean, another one with with twelve likes. It doesn't number these in any order. It's just they're just literally in the order of most liked to least liked. So we're at one with twelve likes, and we're not even in the middle of the list yet. I Heart Murder by Tom O'Donnell. And this one's got one nice long line, line and that's it. 
a true crime podcaster tries to solve a gruesome old case, putting her in the killer's crosshairs. So that's a good logline. I like that because it's short and it tells you everything you need to know. Plus it includes podcasting, which is the huge thing now, which, you know, I'm literally doing right now. So it, it, it includes something that's popular now, like a technology type thing, but not over the top. I mean, who knows how much that actually is involved, but you know, if a person's into true crime, then they probably know how to look into a case. So this is a solid logline and I like it. I Heart Murder, maybe not. That's probably the name of the guy's podcast. I, I bet you that's the name of the character's podcast. I Heart Murder. So what's next? Okay, this one, uh, I, I immediately like the title because I am a huge gamer. This one has 11 likes, and it's called 8-Bit Christmas. So I'm already on. I'm already sold. And I can see the word Nintendo. All right, here we go. Gen, 10-year-old Jake Doyles goes on a Herculean quest to get the Christmas gift of his generation. A Nintendo entertainment system in suburban Chicago in the late 1980s. So yeah, I like this just because I love gaming and there are not enough movies about video games. I'm actually writing one myself about esports. And this one's cool because it's about Nintendo, which was a huge deal back in the late 80s. So this could be one of those like one crazy night type movies, which are always fun to watch. So this one I'm sold on. I like it already. But it doesn't have an agency or a financier yet. But yes, anything with video games. I feel like video games are sorely under underappreciated by film. And it gets on my nerves, to be honest. Okay, with 10 likes. So that means we're not even halfway through and we're already at 10 likes when the first one on the list was 29 likes. So this is already less than half of the most liked script. This one's called Black Mitzvah by Lauren Tyler. And embar after embarrassing herself at the most popular girls party, a black and Jewish middle school, middle school misfit. Ugh. Oh no. They have the most, my most hated line in all of screenwriting. Here it is. Embarks on a journey. I cannot tell you how much I hate seeing anyone write Embarks on a journey. I really feel like if you put that in your logline, you should automatically not be allowed to sell that script. <laughs> I'm just so sick of seeing people say Embarks on a journey. Sorry, I'll go to the logline again. After embarrassing herself at the most popular girls party, a black and Jewish middle school misfit embarks on a journey to glow up and throw the best bat mitzvah of all time. What's glow up? I'm not sure what that even means. Embarks on a journey to glow up. Maybe it could be mean grow up. I don't know. Unless glow up means something nowadays. Who knows? It could mean a thing. Can Middle school kids, yeah man, blow up dude, blow up. I don't know. That had 10 likes. So next on the list with 10 likes as well. This house is not for sale by Roy Parker. With one chance, when one, one last chance at a promotion, a down on her luck real estate agent returns to her royal hometown to sell the impossible. A haunted house where countless couples have been murdered. As the bodies of new residents continue to pile up, a real estate agent will stop at nothing to rid the house of evil, no matter what the cost. As you can notice, another trend is female protagonists. Not that anything wrong with that, but I'm sure there's lots of male writers who are like, oh, well, I'd rather have a male protagonist, but no one's going to look at it unless it's a female protagonist, so I might as well just change it. That's just kind of how it is. So, next on the list, 10 likes as well. Klein by Derek Elliott. Life as a single dad hasn't been a challenge for Las Vegas black dyke dealer Mike Klein. 
until his ex resurfaces after walking out on the family six years ago. Hmm. It doesn't tell you a whole lot. Maybe they could tell you why his ex is, maybe there's something wrong with the ex. Maybe they used to be a drug addict or something. I don't know. Next on the menu, on the list with 10 likes as well. The Menu by Seth Race and Will Tracy. A young couple visits an exclusive destination restaurant on a remote island where the acclaimed chef has prepared a lavish tasting menu along with some shocking surprises. So that doesn't tell you a whole much, but it's probably got something to do with cannibalism or something. Now, they don't give you the genre on these things, which is, I don't know, a little strange. I could have swore that they had the genre on them in earlier years. But, I mean, it's probably a comedy. What's next? Another one with 10 likes. The Process by Levin Menexi. Sorry, these names, some of these names I don't want to even try to pronounce. Trapped in a three-day personal development retreat, a woman fights to save her husband and herself from being brainwashed by a charismatic self-help guru. That doesn't sound... That kind of sounds like that movie that I didn't watch. Midsummer. I didn't watch it, but this, to me, that I, I feel like that's what the story could be about. Uh, so, not super original. Uh, let's see another one. Ten, yeah. So a lot of the, a lot of these are ten ten like scripts, and that just means like out of all the executives that wrote that read these scripts, I guess ten people liked them. Because it's not like it's Facebook and they just press a like button. I guess they actually have to read it and be like, all right, this is good. So the next one is called Refuge, by Deborah Moore Minos. A brother and sister navigate the perils of both man and nature through Central America in their quest to find safety in the United States. Yeah, so that's pretty solid. I mean, I feel like there should be more scripts about that anyways. People like immigrating constantly to the States or wherever. A film about that makes sense. A bit grounded in reality. You know, we could do it even contemporary times with what it's like now with Trump, or you could do it 20 years ago. Who knows? That that would work any any in any era, really. Ripple. Number 10. I mean, sorry, I keep saying number 10, but it's again with 10 likes. Ripple by Ezra Hers. After strange deaths and suicides skyrocket in a dying Appalachian coal town, Maggie, a first responder, wages a personal war against the local coal mine, unearthing a disturbing past that the company has kept secrets within the waters of the local lake. That sounds good. Kind of like a little Aaron Brockovichy in a way. Just, you know, it's a solid story, you know. I like small town stories, and it's a coal town, so, you know, you expect certain types of people that are going to be there. And, I mean, I guess the secret within the waters of the local lake is probably something with, you know, poison or whatever. Or maybe it's a monster, I don't know. Probably not. Although the word ripple kind of makes me think of like an ocean-based monster film. Like Jaws or something. <sighs> I love shark movies. I'm glad they're making shark movies again. Number 10. Sorry, I did it again. <laughs> I keep meaning 10. It's going to be a lot of 10 on 10 like ones on here. This one's called They Cloned Tyrone. That's a funny title. I like that. Tony by Tony Rettenmeyer and Jewel Taylor. An unlikely group is thrown together by mysterious events that leads them to uncover a government conspiracy. Now, that's not the logline I would expect from that title. They clone Tyrone sounds like a comedy about cloning. 
but then the actual log line sounds kind of like you know way different an unlikely group is thrown together by mysterious events that leads them to uncover a government conspiracy i don't know that's such a vague log line it doesn't really tell you anything an unlikely group mysterious events and a government conspiracy Ugh. I don't know, that's missing something. I mean, a government conspiracy is so vague, and it's like the most overused trope. It's the government. It's the government conspiracy, man. They're covering it up, man. I don't know. So, here we go. We're, we're now down to the nine liked ones. This is the first nine liked script. It's called Breathe by Doug Simon, not the most original title. In the near future, when an air supply is scarce, a mother and daughter fight for survival when two strangers arrive, desperate for an oxygenized safe haven. See, that's, that's, that is a solid idea, though. A future where breathing, or it's harder to breathe, which totally makes, which totally is believable, because, you know, the way the world's going, the air is not going to be breathable forever. I mean, we won't be alive by then, but this is a solid log line, and it's, you know, it kind of feels like it's grounded in reality, even though it's a sci-fi story. That's solid. That one I like. So, let's see. Next next on the list, the nine likes, Dollhouse by Michael Paisley. When a struggling fashion model in New York City gets chosen by a mysterious Parisian designer, to be the face of his first campaign since his disappearance five years prior. She begins to realize she was chosen for a reason and must decide how much she's willing to sacrifice for beauty and recognition. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, I don't know what to say about that one, to be honest. I'm just drawing a blank, but it sounds it's solid. Nothing pretty good, not amazing. Uh, let's see, nine no, again with nine likes. Hell Diver by Ben Imperato. Well, here we go. I even just mentioned shark movies, and here you have another shark movie. After finding themselves stranded in the wreckage of a Hell Diver bomber in the middle of the ocean, an American aviator and Japanese kamikaze pilot must work together to survive their greatest threat yet. 22-foot great white shark. So that's cool. I like that story. And I don't know if, if it's supposed to take place during World War II because it's an American aviator and kamikaze or whatever, but that's a solid idea. <laughs> okay, next one with nine likes. High on Christmas by Hannah Mescon and Drew Moreland. A stoner comedy about one family trying to save Christmas from itself after Sandy eats the wrong batch of cookies. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I can see that. You leave out all the cookies for Santa Claus and their edibles and he gets all high and shit. That's funny. Work with that. Like, take something that's been done, a Christmas movie, and make it funny or do something different. So here we go, number nine. Ugh. Sorry, I keep doing that. Ugh. I mean, the ninth nine liked script. A script with nine likes. Okay, I'm trying to say it. Wow. Title, The Laborer by Jared Anderson. A pair of out-of-work immigrant brothers catch a break when they are hired as day laborers to work at a house in the Hollywood Hills until they witness something they wish they had never seen. What they saw, who knows? They don't tell you, but okay. Next on the list, with nine likes as well, Say Something Nice by Erin Rodman. After she catches her boyfriend cheating, Liv goes on a social media tirade that lands her in court for slander and the judge forces her to make amends by composing one positive comment for every negative comment she posted. While under the supervision of a reclusive mediator, also on the rebound from a failed relationship, based by true events, or inspired by true events. 
Alright, so yeah. That could be funny. I mean, I don't know if a judge would actually tell someone to do that. I mean, how based on true events this is, who knows. But it incorporates social media, which is, you know, huge now. So that's got nine likes. So next on the list with eight likes. Affairs of State by Pat Canane. C-U-N-N-A-N-E. I don't know. Affairs of State is a romantic comedy about an outgoing president and incoming prime minister and their second shot at love. So I guess that's a president and a prime minister hooking up. I don't know. Could be funny, I guess. Next on the list, with eight likes, An Aftermath by Lauren Karis Cohen. After a whirlwind lost distance online, lost distance? Hmm. After a whirlwind lost distance online romance, a once cynical writer inherits a remote smart house from her newly deceased new husband and discovers he might not be entirely gone after all. What a weird logline. That's like hard to say. After a whirlwind lost distance online romance, which I've never heard that phrase before, lost distance, a once cynical writer inherits a remote smart house from her newly deceased new husband and discovers he might not be gone after all. So what, he like, they got married and then he died right away or something? That must suck. That would really suck though, to marry someone and then just die. That'd be the worst. Shut up, train. Okay. Next on the list, with eight likes, Apex by Aja Gabel and MJ Wesner. When old college friends on a trip to Mexico get trapped in an underwater cave system with a bull shark, another shark movie, old tension and power struggles resurface as they fight to survive. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of I'm basically just pre-sold on any shark movie because I just love shark movies. So I mean that's the thing, right? Uh, clearly, shark movies are a thing, and they're coming back, and not just shark movies, but creature movies like like that one that came out earlier this early la last year with the with the with the alligators or whatever it was called i forget the name of it but i mean it wasn't all that great but i just really like movies where it's like man humans or humans versus nature and nature being like you know a shark or a bear or a creature that you have no control over i've always dug movies like that so, next on the list, with eight likes, Baron, A Tale of Love, Loss, and Legacy, by Nicholas Curcio. Fearing the devastating impact of his father's, that his father's presidency would have on his personal life, his country, and the world at large, 10-year-old hmm. Baron Trump sets out to sabotage his father's 2016 campaign. Hmm. Well, obviously that's not based on reality, but we all wish it was. I'm surprised this is the first script mentioning Trump at all on this list. I'm on like page 13 and it's 27 pages. Okay, next on the list. Eight Likes. The Cabin at the End of the World by Steve Desmond and Michael Sherman. A gay couple and their adopted daughter have their cabin invaded by four strangers who take the family captive and tell them that to prevent the upcoming accomplice, Apocalypse, one of them must be killed by the others. Okay. I don't know what to say about that one. It's okay, I guess. Alright, another one with eight likes again. The Diamond as Big as the Ritz by Cody Behan. When the underprivileged John Unger is invited to spend the summer at the mansion of his peculiar classmate, his thirst for grandeur leads him down a dangerous exploration of greed, morality, and the secret horrors of the ruling class, based on the F. Scott 
Fitzgerald short story. Uh, I don't know, it does nothing for me. I can't even, like, read that logline properly. It's like so much is going on. Sometimes loglines almost say too much, and other ones they don't say enough. Okay, eight likes. Next one. First Harvest by Kevin McMullen. Finally, someone with a name I can pronounce. George runs a struggling farm where he cares for his terminally ill wife, Alice. Everything changes when he decides to bring home an orphan baby he found out in the field. The child's presence begins to unearth buried secrets while engulfing the family in a series of supernatural events. Yeah, so, you know, you could go either way with that. They find the baby, and the baby could not have any, could just be a baby. But this one, they decided to add supernatural events. Who knows where that could go. Next, with eight likes as well. My Boyfriend's Wedding by Carrie Solomon. After Georgia accidentally receives an out-of-the-blue invitation to her on-again, off-again boyfriend's wedding, she and her best friend Keeley make the ill-informed decision to attend. And comedy ensues, I guess. Sounds like a pretty standard female-driven comedy. Next on the list with eight likes, Resurrection by Andrew Siemens. Margaret is a single mother living in New York with her teenage daughter. When David, a mysterious older man from Margaret's past, begins appearing randomly in her environment, she becomes convinced that he intends to bring tremendous violence to the, into their lives. So Margaret embarks on a vigilante mission to protect her daughter and to disembowel David. Jesus, disembowel him? Okay, I don't know why they needed to say that part. I almost feel like they could just remove the end to disembowel David part and just end with so Margaret decides to protect her daughter. Hmm. I don't know, the disemboweling part is putting me off a little. It's like, you could just be like, yeah, she she's convinced that he intends to bring violence to them so she protects her daughter at all, at all costs. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. It's just a weird way of putting it. Okay, let's see. Eight legs. Searchers. Finally, oh, okay, Searchers. And it's about the actual movie. By Macmillan Hedges. An inside look at the unique relationship between John Wayne and John Ford on the set of The Searchers. Next, with eight likes, Sister by Asia Squire. Following her mother's sudden passing, a queer black woman returns to her southern town to assist her estranged sister. Sister, to assist her estranged sister. Jesus, that's hard to say. To assist her estranged sister. <laughs> Try saying that five times fast. To assist her estranged sister. A queer black woman returns to her southern town to assist her estranged sister. <laughs> I can't stop laughing at that. I'm sorry. To plan the funeral. Okay, there's like a actual grammatical error here, so it's hard to read. This is how this is how it reads though. A queer black woman returns to her southern town to assist her estranged sister plan the funeral. It should say to help plan the funeral or something. There's a word missing there. Her trip takes a turn when sleep deprivation manner manifests visions of her deceased mother. Ugh. Yeah, see, there's a grammatical error there that makes that long line confusing as hell to read. Next on the list with eight likes, Super Dad by Sean Tidwell. A subversive superhero story about the world's only superhero living a bachelor lifestyle, learning he has two very different teenage twins he never knew existed, and now has to figure out how to be a father. See, I like that because it's taking the superhero thing that's become huge and turn, doing something different with it. I legit enjoy most of the superhero films that come out, because most of them are good. 
but you know, someone takes something and makes it does something different or makes it funny. I like that. Let's see. With eight likes again, The Swells by Rachel James. A young woman, propelled by an unstoppable rage, begins inviting her victims to a summer lake house as revenge for past wrongs. But when one but when one of her guests has been wronged as well, she passes on the swells, bringing its wrath to the streets of New York. So the swells is something. I don't know what it is, but... I don't know. So is it about the woman or the one of the guests? I don't know. Alright, so now we're at seven likes. This is the first script with seven likes. It's called Betty Ford by Cass Graham and Rebecca Pollock. An intimate portrait of the sensational first lady of the sensational first lady and ERA, ERA champion Betty Ford as she challenges, scandalizes, dances, and drinks her way through the White House to gain a higher popular rating than any president in American history. All whilst maintaining a 26 pill a day drug habit. So that's going to get made because you can you can it, you it shows you here if it's being managed and the financier is Netflix. So this is going to be on Netflix eventually, and it's going to be called Betty Ford. Who do you think is going to play Betty Ford? I don't know. Doll Wars by Matt Ritter with seven likes. When the upstart Bratz Dolls challenges Barbie's antiquated gender norms and threatens threaten their monopoly, Barbie struck back with a billion-dollar copyright lawsuit. In jeopardy of shutting down, Bratz turned into a small, scrappy, all-female law firm to take on Mattel in historic David vs. Goliath intellectual property battle that changed the toy industry and American popular culture forever based on a true story that logline is too long but yeah it's based on the story about Bratz versus Barbie and I remember seeing a bit about that on a Netflix show about toys and it was pretty cool because you know Barbie was basically the only doll taller toy there was for forever anyway so, next on the list, Seven Likes, Don't Go in the Water by Peter Gaffney. A recovering alcoholic sets off for seclusion, but gets more than he bargained for when he encounters a mysterious creature nearby. Sets off for seclusion. Yeah, you know, seems pretty basic, but again, I like basic, you know, humans versus monsters or creatures. I like, I like monster movies, creature features, anything with like a real a monster fantastical or even a real one like a shark or whatever. I just always think those movies. So next on the list, Seven Likes, First Ascent by Colin Bannon. Twenty years, two sorry, two years after a free solo accident nearly kills Hillary Hall, she enlists the help of her old climbing partners to document her comeback, the first ascent of four thousand foot rock wall in rural China. During the harrowing climb. Hillary struggles with her inner demons and supernatural forces as it slowly becomes clear that this mountain does not want to be conquered. Okay. I almost feel like this film doesn't need the supernatural thing. But okay. So it's about climbing. Yeah, there could be more movies about climbing, I guess. Okay. Next on the list, Seven Likes as well, The Man in the Woods by Garen Grodsky and Danny Jacobs. After moving to Maine and befriending an enigmatic hermit, 12-year-old Henrietta Thorne begins to wonder if he holds the key to solving a mystery that has eluded our planet for more than a decade. A mystery that has eluded our planet for a decade. I wonder what mystery they mean. Is it a real one or a made-up for the story? Who knows? Next on the list, Seven Likes as well. The Perdition in Liege Henry by Henry Dunman. A prisoner of war in a Belgian POW camp undergoing abandonment 
survives an execution-firing squad by chance and escapes by hiding among the dead. After removing his fallen compatriot's dog tags to get home and give their family solace, he attempts the 50-mile journey south toward the alleged stronghold. Through the deadly war-torn landscape and before a hell-bent SS officer on his tail catches up to him. Okay. That's a lot to say. So he takes his fallen compatriot's dog tags to get home and give their family solace. But it says he attempts the 50-mile journey south towards the alleged stronghold. But why, though? He doesn't say why he's doing that, though. It just says that he did. Plus, like, it said he went home. So that means he came back on his own? But for what? I don't know. He escapes a Belgian POW camp. And yet, he's willing to go back. It doesn't really say why. I don't know. There's something missing from that, even though it's an overly, very, very overly written log line, there's still something missing. Uh, seven likes next on the list. The repossession by Megan Amram. 20 years after a failed exorcism, a meek young woman becomes unlikely friends with the foul-mouthed demon that possessed her as a child. So that sounds funny. This could be a funny idea. Next on the list, 7 Likes, 1031, by Peter Gamble and Ian Shore. A young woman takes her niece and nephew trick-or-treating and discovers a note inside a candy wrapper that says there's a killer loose on her block. So that sounds like a one-night, crazy night thing. Okay, that's weird. There's another script called Apex. There's two scripts in one list that has the title Apex. This one has seven, six likes. And it's written by Stephen Vital. A mysterious loner heads to Muscle Beach in 1985 to pursue a career in competitive bodybuilding. Struggling to transform his physique, he unleashes a darker side of himself as he descends into madness. So, so how does he unleash this though? I don't know. I had a similar idea in a way just in the fact that it was a guy who takes an experimental steroid and it turns him into like a, a big rage monster like the Hulk or something. Let's see. Again, with six six likes. Assisted Living by K. Oyagun, I guess. Very short logline. A thief finds sanctuary in a retirement home after going on the run. That's not bad. I mean, maybe it could use a little bit more because it's pretty short. I don't know. They find sanctuary. Maybe he pretends to work there. I don't know. Or she. I don't know. Okay, next on the list with six likes. Atlanta on Fire by Adam Morrison. The true story of Leo Frank, a young Jewish businessman who, due to widespread anti-Semitism slash the KKK in the post-Civil War South, was, wrong, was wrongfully accused, tried, and convicted of murdering a 13-year-old factory worker, Mary Fagan. Oh, it's a bit confusing. Right? Take out the middle part and just say the true story of Leo Frank, a young Jewish businessman who was wrongfully accused, tried, and convicted of murdering a 13-year-old factory worker. Although then... When they add the whole due to widespread anti-Semitism part, it kind of like makes the logline harder to read. But I mean, I guess it helps point out the the time. It's based on a true story, I guess. Let's see. Okay, again. Number six. I mean, six likes. Blue Slide Park by Kyle Anderson and Michael Alanis. After his first album topped the Billboard charts, life was never the same from Malcolm McCormick, a.k.a. Mac Miller. 
This is his story of music, love, success, family, and addiction. Based, based on the forthcoming manuscript, Untitled Mac Miller Biography. Eh, well, you know what? If this guy was still alive, this movie would not exist. Seriously, like, who gives a shit about Mac Miller? Nobody. If anyone who died early in her life deserves a film, it's not this guy. It's fucking Kurt Cobain or Heath Ledger or somebody. Not some shit rapper who had a couple albums. That's dumb. Six likes again on the list. Can you tell me how? By Gregory Bonsignor. Alarmed by the disproportionate dropout rates amongst children of the working class, a young female TV producer finds a way to teach them their ABCs and 123s. With the help of a genius puppeteer, Jim Henson, and a diverse team of de dedicated researchers and educators, they brought us the groundbreaking show, Sesame Street. That's weird. I feel like they could give that a better title. And I swear, I feel like there's been a Jim Henson biopic in the works for years. I even, I'm almost sure that I read a logline on a blacklist years ago that was about Jim Henson's life. I, I definitely remember that, and I'm pretty sure I read that on an actual blacklist from a previous year. With six likes. Next on the list, Girlfriend on Mars by Caitlin Fontana. Amber and Kevin, we dealer burnouts committed to going nowhere together, have been dating for 12 years. When Amber enters a reality show that will take the winner to Mars with no chance of return, Kevin has to face what it really means when the ones he loves leave us and leave the planet. Based on the story by Deborah Willis. Okay, seems alright. Next on the list, six likes, Meet Cute by Chris Powers and Dan Powers. Meet Cute, the hottest dating app on the market, brings couples together by giving them their rom-com moment. When the app's biggest skeptic, Haley, matches with one of its developers, Russ, their instant connection starts to change their mind. Change your mind about what? So, like, Russ is a developer of this app, but he doesn't believe in it? I don't know. Six likes. Next one on the list. The Mother by Michael Notorali. The incredible true story of Frederica Marm Mandelbaum, who was the country's first female mob boss. During the Gilded Age, Marm opened a school for criminals and built her empire by treating her gang of runaways and orphans as family. Eventually, partnering with George Leslie to pull off what is still to date the largest bank heist in American history. In brackets, adjusting, adjusting for inflation. So, if they adjust it for inflation, it's the biggest bank heist in history. I don't know, I feel like every second movie that comes out is based with a heist, is based around a heist that was the biggest in history. Sure, I remember watching Masterminds, that movie with like Zach Galifianakis, which is a silly movie, but it's based on a true story of a heist that was supposed to be the most, the biggest heist in history, too. So, I don't know. Who has the biggest heist? I don't know. Next, we have with Six Likes as well. No Good Deed by Christina Pennies. I guess. Sorry. A woman with a troubled past invites her teen niece to live with her family, live with her in her family's farmhouse. But the two become tormented by a creature that can take away their pain for a price. So it's the devil. Okay. Just sounds like a devil movie. Alright. Number six. Oh, sorry, six likes. Nomads. Esteban. Nomads by Esteban Orozco. A reverse searchers from the perspective of the natives going east to the unknown. The metropolis. The Belly of the Beast, late 1800s New York City. Okay, so next we got, with six likes as well, The Showrunner by Cosmo Carlson. The unbelievable true story of the creation of the world's first, longest running, and most notorious reality show, Cops. 
based on how cops got made and what it says about America by Tim Stello. Okay. Is cops still on, I wonder? I, I used to watch that every now and then. Next on the list was Six Likes as well. Stampede by Suntanesh Sun Myers. Set in a southern plantation in the 1800s, a young slave girl named Lena has telekinetic powers she cannot yet control. Circumstances escalate when she's separated from her mother's to be a house girl in close quarters with the mercurial master's wife, Elizabeth. Hmm. Oh, it ends with the name Elizabeth, like we're supposed to know what that means. I don't know. Are we supposed to know what that means? Is there a famous Elizabeth from the 1800s that we don't know about? I don't know. I just see Elizabeth. I think of Queen Elizabeth. But it's not. I don't know. Alright, six likes again. It's just called T. It's literally just the letter T by Eric Gross. The true story of how Lawrence Turied or Turode, a poor kid in Chicago with 12 brothers and sisters, fought and charmed his way to becoming the single letter icon of saintly compassion and macho energy. I don't know who Lawrence whatever is. A single lettered icon. Wait, does that mean Mr. Mr. T? It must be Mr. T. So could you just say Mr. T? I'm just guessing, but it's got to be who it is. Yeah, I mean, macho energy. I pity the fool. I pity the fool. They just call it that. Now, that would be silly. They call it I pity the fool. It would be a joke. That's like the first script I've ever seen that successfully pulls off a one-letter title. <laughs> just T. Good for you, man. There's like no other letter left in the alphabet that you could probably pull off with like one letter. All right, number six likes. Oh my god, I, I keep doing that, and it's making me so annoyed. This is going to hurt by Cameron Fay. An absent mother attempts to reconnect with her daughter by relaying to her how she helped her own parent through battles with cancer and addiction. It's pretty simple. Clearly, a clear, a clear, clearly dramatic script. All right, next. Uh, number with with six, six likes. Till death by Jessica Knoll. Swept up in the excitement of her wedding day, Doctor Julie Wheeler is oblivious to the killer on her guest list, who is methodically stalking her nearest and dearest until it's too late. Your basic. Wedding comedy? Thanks. Voicemails for Isabel. A low-level TV writer struggles to cope with the death of her little sister by continuing to leave her voicemails chronicling the shit show that is dating in L.A. When the phone number is unknowingly transferred, a cocky New York real estate agent begins receiving the hilarious and confessional voicemails and feels pulled to California to find this stranger he feels intimately close to. Voicemails for Isabel. Sounds pretty funny. Although they describe him as cocky New York agent and he finds these voicemails hilarious but he also feels intimately close to this person. I don't know, so he's laughing at her, but he still wants to be with her? I don't know. Oh, okay, so that's the last one on the list. Alright, so we're on the page 24, and the last several pages are just an index, but it's weird. The order is weird. Huh? Strange. I don't understand... The order of the index at all it's not an order of from most liked to least liked that's strange but the very last one is 
on the list is voicemails for Isabel. So I went through the entire list. Good for me. The index is straight. It's strange though. Like it's not. Oh, it's in alphabetical order by the writer's last name. Okay, I guess. Yeah. That's weird. Well, not I guess. But anyways. So there you go. I went through. That was about an hour straight of me just going through the entire blacklist, which is something I've been wanting to do for a while. So that's the entire blacklist. The, the 2019 blacklist, 15th edition, and these are the most liked. So this again, again, this list, a blacklist is a compiled list from the suggestions of over 250 film executives each of whom contributed the names of up to 10 favorite scripts. So these are scripts that were not officially sold or photography hasn't started yet. So yeah, that was my going over of that entire list. And I'm actually a little tired just from talking too much, but I'm glad I did that. I'm gonna put this up online on my podcast and I'm gonna put it on my YouTube channel as well. But thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I hope that was useful to people that are listening because I shoot this video, but I also put it in audio. So I try to make sure that I don't make it purposely like you have to watch it to understand what's going on because that would be annoying if you're just listening, which you're not because no one's listening, but I don't care. I just like doing this stuff. But sorry, that's Screencast-O-Matic. That's what I use. But I'm going to stop here now and we're going to upload this and thanks for watching. This is Tim and that was episode, this is episode two, episode two of the Inkcast, the Inkcast Screenwriting Podcast. Episode two, let's talk about the blacklist. So that's what I just did. It took about a solid hour. So that's really cool. That's it for me. This is Tim signing off.